0: Welcome to the Inspired Women Podcast. I am your host, Megan Hall, psychology grad student, spouse, mom, and advocate for change. On this podcast, I provide a space for women to share their stories. Warning, sometimes we chat about taboo topics and drop some F-bombs. Thank you for tuning in with me today and enjoy the episode. Hey everyone, today I'm here with V. V is an 18-year-old alien who loves cats. I also love cats. I have two of them. Uh, V is currently studying to become a certified tantric guide, which we've had. You actually heard about it through one of my guests, didn't you? About the podcast. Yes, I did. That's what I thought. Who is also a tantric guide. Um, She has autism, albinism, as well as some other disabilities and makes a ton of art. The considers themselves a friend to everyone. Well, I'm guessing your pronouns are she, they.
1: Uh, yes. Well, actually I go with all pronouns, like she, okay. they, he, and it. So I'm like everything. So I'm like ah. a woman, but I'm also like everything else.
0: Gotcha. Cause, cause I said she, and then I said themselves. And I was like, all right, where are we at with the pronouns? I actually just added, <laughs> I just added to the application asking people's pronouns. Um, not so I can discriminate, except if they identify in the masculine end of the s- spectrum, but more so that I know ahead of time and I can be respectful of that because yeah, it's really important, I feel. Um I agree. So- V, your mom has been on the podcast and I'll link that up in the show notes if people want to hear her perspective of what she went through and a little bit of the things that you went through. But I would love for you to start us off on on what what have you been through? You've been through some shit in your 18 years of life.
1: (laughs) Yes, so I I have been through some shit in my 18 years of life. Um, So yeah, I guess like from kind of, like, if you listen to what my mom said and everything, like we went through a lot of things growing up, like moving around a lot and my mom getting in and out of relationships with a bunch of abusive people. Um, So I guess like the way I grew up was like when I was a baby, baby, I was with my grandma. And then after that, then my mom was like, okay, I'm ready for my children back. And so then we were with her and yeah, it was a lot of moving around Um, with yeah, abusive older men. And so I kind of, like, lived like that for the first part of my life. And, like, I can go into more detail and whatever, anything that comes up. But, yeah. Um, but, um, yeah. And then I, like, grew up and now I'm here. And I went through kind of my own situation with an older man, uh, two older men, actually. Um, so, yeah, once I moved out to Colorado and I was here, um there was the first guy that he was trying to traffic me and take me to all the way to Iraq, another country, um, which was really scary. And then I had to go to a group home for that. And then that was finally done. And I recovered from that. And then after that, then there was another man that came into my life who also wanted to do horrible things to me. And yeah, so I kind of just went through growing up with older men deciding to be like, okay, I'm going to like touch you here and do mean things to you. And then then I became a teenager and I was like, okay, I'm going to do what my mom did and run to these people. But now I'm not like that anymore. But yeah, that's kind of the short version of what I have been through so far. Yeah. It's um, in terms of negative
0: things. It becomes a cycle, right? So I grew up, I, it wasn't until I was older, I realized I grew up in an abusive home. And like emotionally and psychologically abusive, but I was also sexually abused as a child. And then you go through all these things and you're used to that, right? That's your norm. And then you kind of attract it into your life again. Um, yeah. It, it wasn't until I met my spouse that I was like, oh, there's people out there that can be nice and do nice <laughs> things to you. Like as in romantic, nice things. Oh shit. I didn't realize yeah,
1: it's, you kind of realize like, oh, yeah, the way I've been living is not normal.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. Uh, so how did, how did uh, like all that uh, of impact you? You know, you lived with your grandma and then you lived with your mom. And I believe you went back and forth a couple of times, right, when you were younger. And like, how did that impact you as a child, not having a stable home environment and, and when you were in some environments with your mom they were very abusive environments like how did that impact you
1: so it was it was really difficult because um and like also as I said in my bio I'm also autistic and I have albinism so like moving around like to a bunch of different places like oh now I'm in New York okay now we're in Pennsylvania oh now this is Florida I'm gonna go back to New York okay now we're back it's like yeah that was already like hard enough because I with my albinism which makes me legally blind it was hard to get through school because I had to kind of like figure out how to see things on my own mm. and do that whole thing so it, it was just like okay even though I have adults around me I'm still stumbling my way trying to figure this out by myself because mm. there's so much bull crap happening but also like the emotional side of that too, like with my autism, there were so many traumatic things happening around me that were horrible, that my autism really went so unnoticed. And I was kind of just this autistic traumatized child just like trying to figure my life out. And yeah, it was definitely really interesting. But I will say that it has made me super creative. And it's, it's made me like, because I I also like, I guess because I'm so different, like, I don't know, I see things and I have a connection with spirituality and stuff. So mm-hmm. it's so like going through those things as a child, like I may not have known words to put to the spiritual aspect of everything, but it was always there. And I was always like the one telling myself, like, it's okay, you're magical, you're going to get through this. And I did get through it. So
0: yeah, it, it's it's been a roller coaster for sure. You're here, you're talking to us, you did get through it. And that's sad to hear. I mean, a lot of people I know that are autistic went undiagnosed for a very long time. And as a parent, I try to pay close attention to my children to see like, is there something that they might be dealing with that they need supports for? So my son has ADHD and we figured that out. And I, he's told me, I mean, he's 11, but he's told me that just having like the medication and stuff has helped him be able to function so well, where before he said it was like a monster in his brain. That was just like, it just yelled all the time. And, and I guess that was his way of explaining, like his thoughts were going so rapid. He couldn't keep up with them. Um, but I feel like it's important for children to get supports right. And get these diagnoses what was it like growing up with autism? I have not interviewed anybody who talked about having autism. What was that like for you?
1: So I think like, I guess when I was growing up and when I was in that and I didn't know like what was happening, it was really like, I felt really different. And because I was so different in like pretty much everything, even from like, the way that i eat my chicken nuggets at school. <laughs> um, It, it kind of just made me feel like I knew there was something different. It was hard for me to make friends and be able to be like, oh yeah, I'm going to go up and talk to this person because I, I didn't know how to do that or anything. Mm-hmm. So I kind of would just go to school and I would just be like, okay, I am here and then just sit there and then go home. And then I, like after a while, I'm just like, how come everybody else is like talking to each other and I'm not talking? And but you know kind of just went like that and I was I was like kind of fine with it but I also it also made me sad um and I guess yeah with all the other things that were going on around me it it just kind of made me feel like like I knew that something was different about me and when I finally knew that I was autistic everything made sense Uh, yeah Mm -hmm. it's hard to describe it. it it was just a very like I felt really distant and different but and also like I guess even the things that I like would do growing up like oh yeah this is the art that I made or the game that I thought of that sounds cool or the character that I created or even like oh I think it's fun to play with the gravel on the ground (laughs) (laughs) like I had fun but like it was a very different way of fun like I wasn't really with all the other like people
0: yeah. How old were you when you got your autism diagnosis?
1: Um, Like, like 18, the beginning of being 18 years old. And I'm about oh, okay. 19. So I've known for like a little bit over a year
0: now. I can relate to you saying once you had the diagnosis that you were like, oh, it all makes sense now. I have bipolar disorder and I only got my bipolar diagnosis like four years ago. And I've had bipolar disorder. I now know for like several decades. But when I got that diagnosis and I went home and I learned more about it, I was like, "Oh, it all makes sense now. That's me." And so I can relate to the like being like, "Oh yeah, I understand now what was going on with me."
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah, and and with what you are going through and everything, I can imagine it made it even more difficult. Did I mean, so having autism, you said, made it difficult to connect with other people. Did also the trauma that you went through, like, impact your ability to uh, connect with other people?
1: Yeah, it definitely did. And I guess another thing that I just thought of that I'll also say is that once I started getting a little bit older, I, I was starting to be aware that, like, the way that I feel my emotions and the way that I am is... Drastically different from everybody else. And I kind of was just like, oh, okay, I'm noticing this. And, but I think what also happened to me too was that because I'm legally blind and all that, also, they're like, oh, well, you might just be feeling different because you're legally blind and it's like hard for you to do that. I'm just like, oh, okay. But it's like, it's more than that. So, yeah, it's just been a lot. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it sounds like a lot. I mean, being legally blind alone is a lot. (laughs) (laughs) I just can't, I mean, I just can't even imagine. And like moving around a lot, there's, it must've been difficult to get the support you needed being legally blind.
1: Yeah. Like I've definitely gotten a little bit of support, but it, it, yeah, it's, it, it's anywhere I go, it's always, okay, now I have to retell how I'm legally blind and get my accommodations met. <laughs> so, yeah,
0: I mean, that must be exhausting. Like, yes, it is. <laughs> very exhausting. Um, so yeah. right now you're studying to become, uh, a, is it tantric or tantric? I keep saying tantric.
1: You can like, pronounce it either way. Tantric okay, is good. like the more traditional way, but tantric is also correct, so...
0: What made you decide to go that route? Um, When we talked about on the podcast previously, actually with your mom, too, we talked about it. Um, It seems like it's a very healing thing. So what got you into it?
1: Okay, so how I got into it, like,
0: is a huge
1: part of my story. So I'll kind of tell, like, what happened. So Mm -hmm. basically, I was about 13 years old. And this was during the time when I there was a man in my life who was trying to kidnap me and like traffic me into slavery. And it was really scary. Um, and so, yeah, that all kind of happened. And my mom, she noticed that it was happening and she worked on this mountain with horses and these horse people that would do trail rides. And she basically she was like, I don't really want to let you out of my sight right now because you're in such a dangerous situation. So she would like take me to work and stuff. And I was at her job with her and I'm sitting there and we went to this, me and one of my mom's friends, we went to this like minors breakfast thing that happens on Sundays or whatever it was. But yeah, I was sitting there and there was this older guy there who was completely rude to my face. Like, I don't remember exactly what he said because my trauma just kind of decided like, I'm not going to remember all of what he said. But he said really rude things about, because I was wearing a headscarf because I was that brainwashed. Which that's not, um, side note, like people who wear headscarves, that's amazing. You can do that. You do you. That is amazing. But for me, that was not my life. And I was like forced to do that for a completely different reason. So, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, um, so he was saying really mean things about the headscarf that I was wearing. And it started making me feel upset and ashamed. And it made me feel like I wanted to cry. And this amazing, lovely woman was there her name is tara she's the one that was on the podcast yes tara
0: i was trying to like yes. recall this whole time <laughs> so bipolar disorder sometimes makes you have like i guess what you could call brain farts where it just kind of like yeah. it's there but you can't like bring it to your mouth and so i'm like skirting around it this whole time so thank you yes tara <laughs> yes
1: so tara was there And she had basically, I guess, saw what happened or whatever happened from her perspective. I don't know what Tara saw from her perspective, but there was something that happened there that day where she walked up to my mom and she was like, I want you guys or you guys are invited to come to this red tent. And yeah, basically red tents, they're women's events that you can go through, go to. And yeah, it's you do it with the new moon and like bleeding cycles and you honor like sacred femininity and womanness, and it's amazing. So my mom took me to that and during that red tent, I was so like transformed and I also didn't have the words for it at the time, but it really saved my life being in a room with, or in a, in the teepee with all those women, just being able to freely talk about what I was going through. And then, yeah, after that happened, I was ta- taken to a group home for a few months because yeah, the situation was so scary that I basically had to be in hiding. So yeah, I was in a group home. And then I got out of that. And then once I was done with the group home, and I stopped, like having to be talking to this man less and less, I was myself more and more. So I was like, Oh, I'm gonna be comfortable with taking my headscarf off now. And I'm going to be comfortable with dressing how I want to dress and like talking to other boys. Like I can talk to boys my age, because I'm a teenager who deserves to have fun. Yeah, so like, not in like a weird way like oh boys, like not like that <laughs> but just like have friends with anybody yeah <laughs> but yeah so I'm like okay I'm gonna go have fun and then yeah as I started being myself I was like I want to go to another red tent so I st- kept on going to red tents and then after a while then I started going to the earth tantra retreats and then it I I was doing so many events with earth Tantra that I got a sponsor from somebody anonymous that was like, basically wanted to pay for my full ride to be a 500 hour student. And I got that offer and I was just like, yes, I will do this. And so now I take it really
0: seriously. That's amazing. And so just to clarify for those listening, I got it, but they may not have the headscarf you were forced to wear by the person who was trying to traffic you, correct? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Cause they may not have caught on to that. I caught on to that, but I just wanted to clarify <laughs> so that they are yeah. aware. That's why you were like, no, 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 it's fine if you wear a headscarf, but I was forced to, I want them to, to yeah. know what, why you were forced to, but yeah. Um, red tents sound amazing. And we've, t- we've mentioned them a couple of times on this podcast and it just sounds so magical to be in a tent with other women and be able to like really in that way um I've never had the opportunity but is that was that your experience was it magical for you
1: yes it was so magical and especially the first time but also with the first time I was also nervous because I I I was basically brainwashed to be a part of a religion that I never was meant to be a part of Mm -hmm. which yeah I'm not going to say that because I don't want to be offensive to other people of like which religion that was but um yeah I um so I was nervous the first time for sure because I was like, what is this? Like, am I going to go to hell for this or whatever was like running through my head? But after I like got out of that fear, it was the most magical, empowering, beautiful experience of my entire life. And even if you are like a part of other religions or you believe in other things, you can still go to Red Tent because it's a, it's a place where people of all or women of all beliefs and backgrounds and places can all come together in this beautiful, group of womenness and it just made me feel so safe I, I just felt like I could say what I wanted to there and I still feel like that and it just gets more magical anytime I go
0: yeah it, it, you know as women we're made to feel like we're we should be ashamed of our body right those where I should say people with uteruses are made to feel like they should be ashamed of their body they should you know, um, having a menstrual cycle is dirty and and you should be ashamed of it and that we shouldn't talk about these things and we shouldn't be open. And that's how I was brought up. You didn't really talk about it much. Um, I remember the first time I was talking to a friend about it. I thought like it was wrong. Right. But now I've come a long way and I'm just like, we should be openly talking about these things. So we know what's normal, what's not normal. What, what other people are experiencing because sometimes we're sitting there thinking like I am weird like I am we- not weird in a good way like you know being weird is yeah. actually good but like <laughs> weird in like a negative yeah. manner is like Thank I'm you. so weird like I, th- I must be the only one experiencing this and then you talk to <laughs> other women and you're like oh no I'm not it's yeah. every, most other people experience this too.
1: Yeah. And just getting to sit in the circle with them is just so empowering. It's just like, you feel free. You're like, I can own this. Like I, I have my period right now and that's amazing. Like just to put an example. It's like, yes.
0: (laughs) Yes. I actually today uh, TMI had to go to the gynecologist because I'm having some issues and this was the first time I saw a gynecologist who was just like not we like not like awkward, not like you know, skirting around the issues. And it was a male gynecologist, so I was kind of surprised, but you know, he was just very forthright. And he was just, you know, he's like, it's okay, this happens to women. I've seen this before, don't you worry about it. And I was just like, thank you, thank you That's for good. not making this awful. Because I mean, I, I've never had a gynecologist that was like super terrible but I've had it to where it was like really awkward conversations where it's like, I was made to feel like the things I was experiencing were wrong. Um, And I'm like, I know my body's malfunctioning. Hello. That's why I'm here. But (laughs) this one was the first one that didn't. And I was so happy and I feel like we should have more experiences like that where we're like, Oh, we're going through this thing, but we understand like, it's, it's all right. Other people go through this thing too.
1: Exactly. It doesn't have to be something that's like, there's a bunch of shame placed upon us for these things that we go through. And also, I feel like if you're going to be a gynecologist, you should, you shouldn't be awkward about these things. So I yeah. don't know. I don't know why society is like this, but we're getting better. <laughs>
0: yeah. We've talked about it. So I'm a psychology student and I'm going to be graduating with my master's here soon. And in our psychology of women class, we talked about it sometimes how women can be, you know, shamed by doctors to me to feel like they're gross and like the things they're going through is wrong, but that's not how we should experience it. And I've been fortunate the last couple doctors I've had have been really good about that. But anyways, the reason I'm mentioning that is kind of like it makes me think of the red tent where like, it's acceptable. You can be going through these things cuz they're natural and and this is how people experience life.
1: Yeah, exactly. And when you're in a red tent too, you can just you can also say like even emotional things that you've gone through like for me like I've talked about the sexual assault that I've been through in red tents and it just feels a safe space. It's like other women are there and we're all nurturing each other with this sacred feminine energy as well and it's yeah, nothing is makes you feel ashamed. Everything is fine when you're there. And it's, it's just, it's just nice. It's just a nice, safe, sacred place, which I feel like we need a lot more of in the world.
0: Yeah. I try to embody that in the podcast, a safe place. I try to hold a safe place for women to share their women and non-binary individuals to share their stories. That's really my goal is I just want people to feel comfortable to share like the personal things that they've been through. Not like, I built this seven figure business. And I'm like, that's wonderful. (laughs) And there are podcasts who want to talk about that. But I want to talk about like that deep, like intimate things people have been through. And it doesn't always have to be trauma. Like I've had people on to talk about traveling. You know, I've had people on to talk about like, Like less serious things, but it's really about the personal story. And I feel like we all need that place, right? That we can just be ourselves and say the things that we want to say without feeling like we're doing something wrong.
1: I agree. And I will say that your podcast definitely does that. I've listened to a few episodes and it's very
0: good. (laughs) I appreciate that. I'm winning in life now. Um, So what is your plans after you get certified? What are you going to do with that?
1: So I have a really interesting scenario happening. I'm about to go to college at Naropa University in Boulder, Colorado. And I feel like, yeah, with my 500-hour certification for Tantra, like, I I want that and to also incorporate that into the bigger things that I'm going to do in life. Because with going to college, I, I don't exactly, like, know full on 100% what's going to happen. But I do know that I want to study the environment and environmental studies. I also want to study art therapy. And I think kind of for my life, just to give like a general like vibe of what I want, because I don't know all the details yet, is that I want to like, Do good things with nature, but also like study the art therapy and like know all those things. But then also have my tantra and like weave all of those beautiful pieces together to just make a safe spot to just do awesome things for all kinds of people and like have retreats for people. Like maybe they come to my house, like and we go camping and we have a retreat of tantra and where we learn breath and we are able to sit in sacred circle or we have like a workshop where we do art, which I'm also I'm gonna do my first art workshop. I think like on April 27th, something. Yeah. So I just plan to do things with it that'll make a difference in the world. And yeah, but yeah, nature, art, Tantra, just good things all around for making a safe, amazing place for people.
0: (laughs) It's okay not to know exactly what you want to do when you grow up. I only recently, and I'm in my 30s, realized what I wanted to do when I was, when I grow up. And that was only a couple years ago and I was still in my thirties. So it's okay at 18 to be like, these are my interests and I want to explore them. And then later after you've explored a while, decide what you want to do and how you want to interweave them.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I think like, yeah, with, I guess that whole vibe of what I was describing like those are the things those like mean most to me like no matter what I pick in life I know for a fact I'm destined to do something that is going to bring like that's going to bring a very positive impact to the world just a, like just like a sustainable community of safeness and art and amazingness like one day I will live in a rainbow house where people come to Richard I and love it. we can have fruit and just talk about sacred things
0: <laughs> I mean, we've had um uh, we've had somebody on the podcast before that briefly talked about art therapy and how therapeutic it it is. She was actually working with refugees um using art therapy, and she talked about how amazing it was for not only her but like the people she worked with. So I I know that our therapy can make a huge difference but also like what you're talking about we need people to save the environment and help the environment because it's burning right now, probably quite literally somewhere like and it's sad because you know when I when I was a kid, I I grew up in northern New York and we got to experience all of the seasons. And when I say all the seasons, I mean, we got a lot of snow in the wintertime. And then we got warm, you know, nice warm temperatures in the summer, but not too warm because it's northern New York. And now it's not the same. They either get way too much snow or they get way too little snow. And this summer, you know, temperatures are outrageous most of the time. A lot of people up there don't have like air conditioning because you never needed it when I was a kid. There was like I mean, maybe a couple of days during the summer you needed it, but they need it like all the time now. That's not normal. Like that's not usual. Like, I don't know why people don't see that this is a problem. Like we need, the environment needs help. Yeah. And
1: it is a problem, not only because it's going to hurt us as a species and also other animals, their species, but also because Mother Earth, like that's, it's really beautiful to get in there and Mother Earth and put your bare feet on the ground and like, connect with her as a as a being because she is she's the ultimate mother and she's the one that's nurturing us all like and I feel like yeah a lot of people and especially the ones like 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 my generation like starting to get like the ones who are just being born and stuff because they're born into a world of technology and stuff Mm -hmm. which that's not horrible but it, it also has negative impacts like I feel like people are losing the connection with mother earth and they're forgetting that when you're in mother earth you yourself you feel better and mother earth Mm -hmm. feels better because it's a mutual exchange of goodness and yeah like the environment and mother earth she's going through horrible things right now like she doesn't need to be going through being burned and having all the trash on her and stuff like but then also there's that piece of like People are so disconnected that they don't realize that it's affecting them mentally as well. Like, Mm -hmm. oh, I'm going to like live on this junkyard and it is like a landfill and everything. And it's really disgusting, but I'm not really paying attention to that because I'm disconnected and it doesn't matter. Like, like, yes, it does matter. This is affecting you Mm -hmm. whether you realize it or not. I feel like in my opinion.
0: Yeah, I love nature. I really do. Right now we are renting a house that's on seven acres of land. So I'm literally surrounded by trees and everything. I love to feed my little squirrel and birdie friends every day, even though the squirrels are super fat because they eat all the seeds. But (laughs) I, in the summertime, if I'm home, I'm always without shoes. I'm always outside without shoes. I don't care. I grew up on 50 (laughs) acres of land where my sister and I could just run rampant through the woods. We had a horse. We had all these things that, like, even though um, my parents didn't have a lot of money, my dad was, like, really thrifty, and he would find ways of, like, being able to get us these fun things to, like, you know, be able to experience, including our horse. Our horse was a rescue, and um, because their friends who had a rescue were kind of running out of room, they're like, you want a horse? <laughs> my parents were like, sure. Sure. And my dad learned how to do the things he needed to for the horse. So we didn't have to pay for a vet. Now, of course, anything huge, they paid for a vet, but like the normal like checkups and stuff, my dad learned how to do them and give, like, you know, whatever you have to give a horse. I don't know. Um, but he <laughs> learned so that we could have a horse and we could, you know, afford it. But it was amazing growing up on all that land, constantly around nature. We would just go get lost almost literally in the woods. And just, I mean, I remember spending hours by myself, reading a book out there, just climbing trees, exploring. It it was amazing. And I like Some days I just sit outside in the grass in like the summertime because like the wintertime is so cold. Uh and I just try I I try to embrace that child, right? That child like that was so excited. So yeah, I love I love nature. It's so good for you. Just get outside, take a walk, and it will make (laughs) you feel so much better. It is
1: so good for you. And yeah, that's I guess that's like why I want to do these things in life. Because I also one thing that I thought about, too, is like, yeah, there and like, I've had kind of a mixed experience with nature where I've had some parts of growing up where I was living by nature, and then other parts where I completely wasn't. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, I know some people who have had like similar experiences, who they go in the nature, and they they're able to spend lots of time there. But then also, like, on the other side of it, where people, like, they're growing up, and they're kind of stuck in this horrible environment, because, society has like made a lot of people like oh like you have to live in the hood because you don't have like this amount of money or like you're just basically like you're stuck here and like yeah I, I think that's one thing is like I want like like cities to have more green spaces obviously but mm-hmm. also for like children to be able to get out in earth no matter where they are like in their life like I don't want people to have to feel like because I felt like this sometimes where it's like oh well I'm poor and like we're living in this city and it stinks and but we don't have any money to go into the nature and my mom's working a bunch of jobs and of course her abusive boyfriend's not going to bring me so now i'm just stuck it's like i don't want anybody in society to have to go through that and i think it's i think it's definitely a problem like it's more of a problem than we realize like not only for the environment yes but also like for children and for adults like everybody's mental health is having an impact from this (laughs)
0: No, I I agree. I'm all for the green spaces. I think we need more of them because people need to be able to go and be around nature, even if it's like a small place. But, you know, a lot of more poverty stricken areas, there's not any playgrounds for kids, there's not sidewalks, there's not trees, there's not all of these things that children need to go out and actually experience the, the world outside of their house. These places are often lacking or they're unsafe. And so then children are actually getting out and getting that fresh air, which is so good for them.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it I, needs a lot more of that.
0: Yeah. I force <laughs> my kids to go outside and play. I'm like, just go outside. <laughs> just just go yeah. out, get some fresh air. Cause it's so easy for kids nowadays to just be stuck on their electronics and not like yes. go outside.
1: Yeah, it's like, oh, I feel bored, so I'm gonna go on my laptop or my phone. It's like, no, no, go outside. I promise it'll make you so much more creative, and you'll you'll have so much more fun than looking at your two dimensional screen.
0: <laughs> yes, and we have so many trees around our house that they can climb, and they're like, they're so good at climbing. They remind oh, me of me when I was a kid. They scare the crap <laughs> out of my spouse. Um, <laughs> it's like, oh my god, they're gonna get hurt, and I'm like, we have insurance. They'll be fine. so how do you connect with nature right now where you're at in your life so i i connect with
1: nature in like a few different ways definitely when i go to earth tantra retreats i'm completely immersed in the nature i will shut off my phone like most of the time for pretty much every retreat that i go to and i love that um so i do that like mostly in the summer. Um, kind of where I live right now, and I'm about to move, so yay, but <laughs> it's really hard to get in the nature where I live. Like, I live on a, like, it's a horse ranch-ish thing that we have here, which mm-hmm. is really amazing and cool, but I'm also albino, so I, I can't be in the sun. I also need shade, and there, I live in a high desert, so there's no shade on my property, and oh. it's really hot, scorching, so it's really, really hard for me to connect right where I live, but I will go outside during evening and I'll I'll go on walks is a park that's a little walk away from my house so I'll go to that and it's really nice I'm excited to be able to move though because the college I'm going to has a greenhouse and it's got a bunch of trees and I'm just excited because I'll be able to get to be in it more often but yeah I definitely connect with nature on a super personal and spiritual level where I have a nature with mother earth and yeah, just when I'm with her, it's like, I can be with her like a friend or, or like a pet, almost you like just <laughs> anything, like I can just like connect with her. Like, sometimes I'll just be like, you know, I feel like I'm just gonna lay here. And I'll like, if there's nobody around, like, I, I won't have my shirt on. And I'll just lay in it. And it feels so good. And I'll just breathe and just connect with her. And this it, it doesn't even have to be anything happening. Like, it could just be like, Oh, yeah, like, it's completely quiet. And like, just, I'm just laying here like it's 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 really like it's so simple but that's why it's so like it has brought me so much profound experiences just doing stuff like that so yeah yep,
0: bare (laughs) skin on grass and on the earth is actually like actual earth not like concreted earth it's actually really good for you
1: it is it's so good for you and it's nurturing and it's also good for mother earth
0: because she gets to have the exchange too I love that. And I love that you're actually going and staying on campus. Are you excited about school? Are you nervous? How are you feeling? Like it's been a long time since my first, very first time going to college.
1: (laughs) So I'm actually, I'm really nervous because I'm moving like five hours away and I'm going to be going alone. And the only like one that I'll have with me is, is my cat. So it's just gonna be me and my cat and we're going. And uh, I'm, I'm definitely scared. But I'm also really excited. And I think this is something that has to happen. Because also where I live, like, don't get me wrong, it's really beautiful. And I love my family, but I'm not really thriving here. Like, I feel Mm -hmm. really claustrophobic. And There's not really a lot to do here in Montrose, Colorado, like everybody here. And no offense to people who are old, but there's a lot of old people that live here, which I love people. (laughs) I really, really love old people. But there's not like stuff like to do also for young people, because as much as I like love nature and that's amazing, sometimes I want to go to an arcade or do something fun also. And like there's not that here. And so I'm really excited to be able to go to a place where there's other people who also care about nature, and they want to make an impact in the world and do these beautiful, awesome things. But also like just to be able to be somewhere where there's fun things to do. And there's people my age and just just be able to like, hang out because I feel like it'll make me be more creative. Also, especially because I want to get into art therapy. I feel like I just I can't grow being in the same spot. And I'm just ready to just spread my wings and just get out there. Because yeah, I feel like where I am, it's amazing. But I'm not it's time for me to be repotted. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> I just had to repot one of my plants because it was getting very sad. And so I'm sure it can relate to be, <laughs> to be. Re- but I can relate too, right where I'm from um, in Northern New York. Beautiful, beautiful place, by the way. Anybody can go up like I grew up on the foothills of the Adirondack mountains. The Adirondacks are beautiful. It's a very beautiful place up there. So I'm just going to put that out there. But I also did not grow there. Like I, it's, you know, it's small area. There's not a lot to do there. You know, it was people drank and did drugs and got pregnant. That's what they did. And yeah. <laughs> Same here. <laughs> yeah. So like, you don't have a lot going on. So it's going to be a wonderful, it was a wonderful experience for me to move away from Northern New York into Virginia, because I got to be around all these people and I'm not a city girl, but I did live in a city for a while. And it actually was pretty cool because it had all these parks, but it also had like all of these fun things you could do, like all of these places you could go. And so I can totally relate to that needing to get out of where you are because it's just not for you. It might be for other people, like it might be the place that your mom really enjoys, I don't know. I'm I'm making assumptions here. But it's not your place, right? It's not where you are going to thrive. So moving and being around other people your age, which is really important, but also being in an area where you can do a lot of different things, that's going to be so exciting for you.
1: I'm so excited. I, I ah, like I can just feel <laughs> <laughs> that my creativity is just gonna feel so much better it's, oh, it's gonna be so relieving like I'm scared and I know there's gonna be a lot that I'm gonna go through and learn and figure out but I'm just because even now like I have gotten a few trips like I went to go to Albuquerque recently and mm-hmm. it, that was really fun because Albuquerque is a pretty big city and like I just got to know like just get to feel like, and I was also born in New York. So I know what cities are like, but at this age, I got to feel what it's like being older and like, you can do actually what you want to do. You're not a child anymore. And I'm just like, Oh, like I, I'm just, I cannot wait just to be able to make my own decisions. Like
0: I'm, I'm just ready. I'm just ready. <laughs> oh my, You do. You sound super excited. And it's going to be nice to, you'll find your people, right? Like they exist. Your, your tribe. I don't want to say tribe. People are trying to move away from that verbiage your people are going to, are going to be there and you'll find them. And then it will feel amazing being around your people. Like it's so exciting when you get to be around people that you're like, ah, these are my people. These are the people that can relate to me. Like, it's amazing. Um, but then you also get to know like other people that aren't, your people and you learn from them, even though sometimes it's a little painful. Um, but you, I don't mean painful as in they're going to hurt you, but like painful as your heart hurts for them because they are the way they are. And you're like, that must be a sad mm. existence. But you learn from that. <laughs> like yeah. You do. You learn from other people and it's and college allows you to have be around a diverse amount of people. Um, whether it's diverse, like it may not be diverse, like race wise, but it'd be diverse, like thought pattern wise. Um, yeah, exactly. So everybody has their own different experiences, so I'm very excited for you. Thank you. Yeah, it's definitely really exciting. Yes. So as we wrap up the podcast today, we've gone all over the place, which is great. We always do. <laughs> I don't. I. It's very rare that we keep a linear. Th- Like train of thought on this podcast, we usually go like here, 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 we're all over, but it all makes sense. It all has like a core that makes sense. Um, What would you like to leave the Inspired Women audience with? Well, I think I just want to
1: say like, no matter who you are and like what you're going through, you got this, like you can do this, but also like, I don't know, I guess, ah, like I think maybe just bringing more awareness, I guess, like to being nice to nature but also being nice to yourself and like just know like you can you have the choice to go out there and like go into earth but you you can also make art and you don't have to worry about the final product of the art you can just do that, just do what you need to do to make yourself feel good. Because if you can do that, then you can also make other people feel good. And then like, not that you're giving all of yourself to other people, but like, it's just a good exchange, like kindness to yourself, kindness to others. And then if people are all doing that, then everybody's being kind to themselves. And they're all being kind to others. And it just creates just a nice way of love for everybody. So I I just think, yeah, that's, I guess that's what I want to say. And anybody who hears this, you got this, you can do this. (laughs)
0: I love that you said just do art because okay so I'm not an artist by any means my my (laughs) sister's great at it my dad's great at it I have two two of my daughters I have four kiddos three three girls and a boy they all identify that way so I'm just gonna right now that's how they identify they could change their minds but anyways um three girls and a boy and two of my girls are excellent artists like fantastic. I, it's just naturally comes to them. I suck, but (laughs) I love that you said just do art because I went to this paint and sip with a friend of mine. And I was like, this is going to be terrible because I'm terrible at this, but they were great. They did like this paint by numbers, sort of like, they didn't like hold your hand, but they like traced out the picture you sent them. I sent them a picture of my cat like curled up in a ball. So it was really easy for, he has like different patterns, like white and gray. And so (laughs) with him curled up in a ball, it was really easy because then I didn't have to do like too many details. And so they, they traced it out for you. So you knew where like, this is where you needed to paint like this color or this pattern or whatever. And it was great. It actually turned out really good. And so, I mean, if I let it get in my head that I'm like, I'm not an artist, I wouldn't have done it. And I've had people compliment me on that. And so it's oh. like... <laughs> if you have even had the urge to create anything at all, or you
1: just even in your mind thought of something that was creative, you are an artist. It doesn't, there's no rule or standard of what art needs to look like. It's, it's just, if you had something in your heart that said, this is what's going to happen now, that makes you an artist. So good job. You did it. <laughs>
0: Thank you. It was fun too. Cause it was just like, I didn't really care because I was like, if it's terrible, I won't hang it up. But if it's good, I'll hang it. Up. And so it's hanging in my house because I'm like, it actually Yay! is really cute. <laughs> but yeah, it's nice for people to know like, hey, this is coming from somebody who's really artistic as you are. Like you can go and do art. You don't have to be like, an like, you don't. it doesn't have to be your passion. You can just go have fun and do some art. Yeah, just do something that makes your soul feel good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, that's an important reminder. Cause sometimes I forget about that and I get away from it. And recently I had to go back to like doing daily meditation and daily yoga because that always made me feel good, but I stopped doing it for so long. And then now that I've like, like slowly incorporated it back in, it feels so much better on the days I get it in. Mm, yes. Sometimes life
1: does just be making us forget about the things that we have to do to make ourselves feel better. But then when
0: you remember, it feels really relieving. Absolutely. Well, V, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Yeah, thank you for having me. (laughs) Thank you for being a part of the Inspired Women audience. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a rating review. And don't forget to share this out with somebody who could use some inspiration today. Tag us at Inspired Women Podcast, both on Facebook and Instagram. Have a great day.